Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass Carson Wentz and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of your show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Ooh, I hope y'all heard that. That's a cold one popping. That's how we start week 11 of the NFC East Feast. What's good, GBR? It's everything's good, man. I see you popping that cold, natty light, boy. No, I'm just kidding. I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit. credit. B-Will's got the IPA. Sophisticated IPA. Zero IBU IBU pale ale with citra, mosaic, and moteca hops in it. So we're getting real fancy tonight. That is fancy. That's a lot lot more fancy than I would expect from you, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I got that on purpose, so I can say it on the podcast to impress the listeners. Um, normally, it would be probably a Mick Ultra, but tonight we're going fancy, but I hope that crack of the beer sounded good through the audio. That week one beer, what was that? Do you remember the week one beer? Week one beer, I believe, was Reef Donkey. Mm, was it a donkey? I think it was a donkey. Shout out to Tampa Bay Brewing Company. Great beer. They one sponsor of, uh, us. There's one of our sponsors, actually. They are one of our sponsors. Yeah, we just got paid $15. Thank you for saying that. That's actually um, one of Jeff Ludlow, the biggest contributor to the show. That's his favorite beer, or one of his favorites. I shouldn't you know, box him into a corner like that, but he loves um, Reef Donkey. Shout out to Jay Ludd's kid. Looking forward to his picks. Uh, he was 2-0 and last week, so he's back on the winning side, and I'm happy for him. So he's got three games coming up. We got three games coming up here uh, to preview Week 11. But first, we have to rehash what happened in week 10. And I think I want to start in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and talk about who I think is the best team in the NFC East. And if you would have told me that a month ago, I would have told me you had too many of these IPAs, brother, because it is the New York football giants. They beat how many? How many changes do you think you've made throughout the year of who's the best in the NFC East? I'm just curious. I think it's been three for me. I think I've chosen the Cowboys one week. I think I've chosen the the Washington football team one week. I think I've cho- I honestly think I've chosen Every all team. four. I, I honestly that looking four. back, I think I have. I think we picked all four. And do I don't think we're done yet. I do not think that this ride is nearly over, okay? Because as it stands right now, dude, even though the the uh, Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys are sitting at two and seven, we're one win back. One and a half right now. One, I'm saying one, like they have three wins, we have two. So as far as the win column, we are one back. And that is so sad. But let's talk about the Giants. They took it to the Eagles, man. We called it last week, you and I both, and uh, Ludlow. All, all, we were all on the Giants on the upset. And they pulled it off. I think the key to victory, something that stood out to me, was the New York Giants have found a running game. And a lot of that has to center around Daniel Jones. He had a nice 35-yard rushing touchdown. Wayne Gallman, 
That guy runs physical, bro. Every time he's around the goal line, I know it's going to him, and I know he's going into the end zone. He had two touchdowns last week, and our boy Alfred Morris. So between Alfred, Daniel, and Wayne Gallman, they found a nice little running game to take the pressure off of Daniel, who again now for back-to-back weeks has had turnover-free football. He's playing clean. It's got a lot to do with that offensive coordinator. Who's that guy's name again? Just curious. The, the mad clapper himself, Jason Garrett. And I never thought I'd say this. Jason, I miss you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. I was, I was hoping you'd say that, man. I really was. I do. I miss him, man. No, he's <laughs> dude, he's calling creative plays for them. And they look good. They look good compared to the rest of the NFC East. That's still, they're probably not a good NFL football team. But you can tell. You actually called this out a few weeks ago before I did. They are playing hard for Joe Judge. They like Joe Judge. Uh Colin said something this week, and I know, guys, I'm sorry I referenced Colin Coward way too much, but he's the GOAT. Uh, Colin said the Giants this year remind him of the Miami Dolphins last year. You could tell, although they weren't a very good team, they finished um, the year five and four the last half of the season. They were playing hard for Brian Flores, and they were buying in. So although the Giants, they might win the division at six and ten, they're going in the right direction. They're playing hard for their new coach, something that us in Dallas um, are not doing. And a lot of the new coaches around the league, they're not doing. The Giants are buying in, and they bought in this game, certainly. If you would have told me last week that this would be a clean football game, both sides, even Wakatuam Wentz didn't have any turnovers, I would have told you you were drunk. But there was zero turnovers in this game. So Carson Wentz, what's your excuse, Bubba? You didn't turn the ball over. And Miles Sanders came back, ran for 85 yards on 15 carries. It's almost six yards a pop. Boston Scott, 63-yard touchdown run. So they ran for over 150 yards for you. Against a strong defensive line in front seven from the Giants, not bad by any means within the NFC East. Very impressive with Philly running the football. Not passing the football, Carson, but running the football, very impressive. Um, We already said Miles Sanders came back. Lane Johnson, their right tackle, returned. Alshon Jeffrey was active in this game. Only got one target, but he was out there. Jalen Rager, their first-round pick, is out there. Our boy Fulgham has been out there. Dallas Goddard, their tight end, is back. So what are you saying? Carson, what are you saying? Carson, what are you trying to say right now? What am I trying to say? A couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, Carson is winning ball games despite his help. But now that his help is back, it's like he's regressed. So I'm seeing a lack of growth from Carson Wentz. And I think it's a problem moving forward for the Philadelphia Eagles. Although they're in first place, I do not consider them to be the favorite in this division. Are you saying Carson Wentz is worse than Danny Dimes? Carson Wentz was certainly worse than Danny Dimes last Sunday. That's Daniel an Jones. easy way out. That's an easy way out. Are you saying Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in the NFC East right now. Who is you heard it first. You heard it first. B. Wills saying Danny Dimes is the best quarterback in the NFC East. Currently. Daniel has – ooh, sack. Dude, this, but I don't want to detract from the East, but I know you're watching this. We got the Cardinals versus Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. This is a hell of a game. DK Metcalf already scored a touchdown. This is a good game, so I'm excited we get to watch this in the background. Okay, so Daniel has a bye week along with the rest of the Giants this Sunday. So the division is going to roll out. Andy Firecrotch Dalton, Alex White, 
Yeah. Andy's back. He's he's COVID free, baby. Andy's back. Um, the one legged wonder himself, Alex Smith, will be the under center for Washington football team. Yes, sir. And you, Carson Wentz, walk it to him, Wentz, will be out there. And I think Daniel right now, I'd take him over all three of them. I mean, back to back games without a turnover, and the kids got wheels, dude. That 35 yard touchdown he had, dude, it's impressive. Like, other than obviously Lamar and Kyler. I'm not sure I've seen any quarterback really like when he puts his head down and run, look that athletic as Daniel Jones does. Agreed. Agreed. And the Giants, the Giants looked good in this game. I've I've been saying it for weeks. I love their defense, and the defense played well again, held Philly in check, although they didn't turn him over. Um, other Boston Scott got off on the one long touchdown run. But other than that, Philadelphia could not sustain drives in this game. And Daniel Jones didn't have any touchdown passes himself. But, like I said, he didn't turn the ball over. And when he doesn't turn the ball over, he gives his team a chance to win. He did have a decent game throwing the ball. He was 21-28 to 28 for 244 yards. Very efficient, man. Yeah, That's good football. Yeah. Um, Darius Slayton, six catches for 93 yards. I mean, we, we've spoken at nauseam uh, that we do like Darius Slayton. Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. They're all there, man. The pieces are there. They are. They are. Uh, Jabril Peppers had a good game, had seven tackles, half a sack, um, and he's their punt returner. He had a nice punt return for them as well. So I'm nothing but impressed with the New York Giants, which is crazy because a couple weeks ago I was screaming how Washington football, please keep the New York Giants winless. And it was like an ongoing joke about how bad the Giants were. Right now, I'm saying the New York Giants are hosting a football game come January. I'm saying it right now. They're going to win the division. I really so do. You're, that. you're taking them right now. That's yes. this is week week eleven now. We have, this will be week eleven coming up, and they'll be in their bye week, so they'll go into week twelve at three and seven. And I'm saying they're going to host a football game. I think they have more of their core than any other team in the NFC East, and I'm not making excuses for the Cowboys, the Washington football team, and the Eagles. The Eagles have has strong core, but the Giants seems like they don't have. I mean, obviously, the loss of. Um, Saquon. Saquon. That's yeah. a huge loss. But other than that, I think their team overall has been built a core. They have Evan, like you said. They have Slayton. They have they have Danny Dimes. Devontae Freeman, is he still running the back? I know that Alfred Morris stepped on, up. Uh, I know that. IR. So okay. he'll be back in two to three weeks. Gotcha. But I mean, they got, uh, like I said, Gallman runs very physical. I'm a big fan of him. Shout out to the Clemson Tigers. Uh, but they have they have guys they can rotate in. That's what they'll give them. They even have Deion Lewis, a nice little pass catcher. So they have three or four backs consistently on the roster that are good enough. They're serviceable. And, and I their feel offensive like, line is beat up, but they're still running strong. The twos are doing well then. Yeah, no, for sure. And the kid, Andrew yeah. Thomas, who I've been beating up all year, he's coming along. And he, that's what that's what first-round rookies in the NFL do. I mean, the guy was the fourth overall pick. He went to a, a bad team with four other bad offensive linemen. But he's coming along. Will Hernandez, their center, plays pretty well week to week. So I will say, I will say this is the first time we've ever spent eight minutes talking about the New York football giants, though. Man, whoever's the Giants fans out there, this is a first for us, and we appreciate you out there. I know there's not many, you know, Joe Bob being one of them, but we do appreciate y'all. We're not gonna the thing is is about me and B is we're always gonna be rational. Right. We're not going to ever just be like, my boys are going to, I mean, I might get irrational a little bit, but you did. Yes. So let's get into that. How about that? B I want, I want to hear, I want to hear your take last week, last, last week. I said, I've been waiting for this this Sunday. Last week I did say that I thought the Washington football team 
would handedly beat the Detroit Lions. So spit it to me straight, B. And that word handedly has just been pounded into my brain all week. You also said you haven't felt this confident going into a game all season. Okay. And the Detroit Lions were up 24 to 3 on you in the first half. So if anyone was handedly winning that game at any point, it was the Detroit Lions. You also were so disrespectful to Matthew Stafford, who was the number one high school quarterback, the number one pick in the NFL draft. The guy has been nothing but successful. He went to a dumpster fire of a franchise. Look up his stats the first 10 years in the league. He set pretty much every category there is. And you called him Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, who's now on a reality show because he's famous for dating Kristen Cavallari from the Hills. Shout out to Jay, though, by the way. Shout out to Jay. Smoking Jay Cutler. Nothing wrong with Jay. <laughs> but Matthew Stafford's a much better quarterback. He didn't light the world on fire, George. He went 24 for 33, 276 yards. Right. He threw three touchdown passes, two of them to guys named Marvin. Okay, so there's a couple Marvins out there, and you guys were starving for secondary, bro. Um, Ooh, Marvin, nice. ooh, ooh, ooh. I saw the – oh, that was nice. That was what I, see what I did there? <laughs> see what I did there? Marvin Jones um, stepped up as the number one receiver. We talked about how Kenny Galladay was out, so you should be even more ashamed that you guys couldn't beat Detroit without their number one weapon. But Marvin Jones had um, 96 yards and a touchdown, and Marvin Hall, a little speedster receiver they had, um, beat you guys deep on a touchdown. But the real problem for you guys was DeAndre Swift. Me and you both gave him credit last week. DeAndre Swift ended up with 80 yards rushing and another 60 yards receiving. Um, He had a touchdown against you guys. He played really, really well. That was actually his first start of the season. And man, did he take the team by the reins, dude. DeAndre Swift, very, very impressive. First-round pick out out of Georgia. And I expect big things going forward for him. I don't think that was just because the Washington football defense is bad because they're not bad. You guys are still a good defense. But that kid is big time. So shout out to DeAndre Swift. And a little side note before I get in your ass a little bit more on this game. The thing that I enjoyed most about this game, bro, was Aqib Talib was the announcer. This was his first game as an NFL announcer. And he dude, he was Akib, you know, Akib played with that kind of swag yeah, and chip on his yeah. shoulder, and he's got that cool kind of voice. Dude, he brought that to the booth. I really, really liked it. And at one play, Scary Terry um, broke down Desmond Trufant, and like he he was so into it because like he, because being a corner, he's like, look at Scary Terry on this play. Breaks him down, shoulders out, hips to the side. Like he did, he was so into it, and he he said this was the first game um that he had actually been to since he retired. So what? shout out to Steve. Yes. He was so, you could tell, he was so engulfed by the game. It was really, really cool to hear the passion that he had. It was like almost like like a kid in a candy store. Like he was wow. so pumped to be an NFL game. I so that felt that from Romo a little bit. When he first yeah. started, he kind of was like that. It's interesting now that these players, I think they're getting into the booth faster than the than the players from you know prior in the 80s. Now it's like they kind of still have that itch to play. It's a little bit more energy, do you say? Yes. No, Akeem, much like Tony Romo, they were one year out. Like like a year ago, they were playing against these guys. So he was really, really pumped up. Um, so shout out to Akeem Tlaib. He, he, he had me laughing the entire game. So I look forward to hearing him down uh, down the line. Um, Washington football team. I'm not done with you yet, though. I'm starting off a little uh, a little quick on this podcast. But you know who doesn't start quick? The Washington football team, who extended their streak yeah. of the only team in the NFL who has not scored on the opening drive. Okay. They were in the red zone on the opening drive of this game. Then they handed the ball off to old J.D. McKissick, who got a 10-yard loss. Still in field goal range. 
Still in field goal range. Okay, you can break the streak. Next play, Alex Smith sacked for another 12-yard loss. Out of field goal range, they punt the ball away. Washington football team still has scored zero points in their opening drive this year. All right, I'm done being mean to you. Let me say some highlights of the Washington football team. Alex Smith in the first half really didn't impress me. He was checked down Charlie. Another whopping 15 targets for J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. For, for um, Watch the throw on my fantasy team. Shot up the <laughs> um, that was great. So thank you, J.D. But, man, Alex was just checking the ball down. Um, it was, And that's why you guys were down 24-3. to three. But in the second half, things opened up. Alex ended up with 38 for 55, 390 yards. I believe those are career highs. So very impressive. Um, no touchdowns for Alex Smith. Um, as I said, J.D. McKissick um, had another good game out of the backfield receiving. Your boy Antonio Gibson had two touchdowns. He continues uh, to be a consistent running back for you guys. Scary Terry, another 95 yards receiving. And I know he also took an end around for like 20 or 30 yards. So another 100-yard game for Scary Terry. But as much as we pad Scary Terry on the back in this podcast, he did have a costly fumble. That was the only turnover of the game. So Terry did cough the ball up. Um, And the Washington football defense, George, you keep talking about how they're the best against the pass. They're the best this, the best that. They were. But they down. are. They were. You are they still after this game? Do you guys I got down? I gotta. Two? I gotta check. I gotta check. First, you got down twenty-four to three. Okay. How many Jacob. points did we give up in the second half? Just, just answer that question, though. Enough to lose. Well, how many? How many the, points? How many points? I, I believe three. Three points in the second half. Yes. Okay. So so. Now shout out. Let me uh, shout out to the Redskins offense Where's before the you go. Team? It's it's tough. Shout, yeah. Okay, you Alex brings them all the way back. He's hitting Logan Thomas down the field. Cam Sims, Steven Sims. How many Sims y'all got? And then There's a lot of Sims. And then you tie the game, George, with 15 seconds left. It's 24 to 24. Washington football came all the way back, and you give Matthew Stafford, aka Jay Cutler, 15 seconds. Oh, the game's going to overtime for sure. Oops. Jay Cutler, a.k.a. Matthew Stafford, drives the Lions down the field to get into field goal range, and Matt Prater hits a 59-yard walk-off. Detroit! So I'm glad I got that game right, and I'm done being mean to you. How do you feel after that loss? It's a tough loss. Um, I did. I, <laughs> I did say that we were going to handily beat the Detroit Lions because I was confident in Alex Smith being our quarterback and our defense looking strong against pretty much everyone we've played so far. And I also think that our running offense was off. The fact that Antonio Gibson only carried the ball thirteen times Problem. tells me that Scott Turner is either not believing in their offensive line and their rushing game, or it was just a lapse of judgment on his part. I think that Alex Smith throwing the ball 55 times with one leg is a bit alarming. It's probably. I, I, <laughs> That's what happens when you get down 21 points in the first half, though. The running That's game goes out the window. Very valid. Very valid, B. But I don't know if 21 points in the second half is a need to pass every single time. I, like I said before, Alex Smith came back. The thing I'm most worried about, we've, and I don't want to make excuses, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'll do it. Dustin Hopkins has lost two games for us single handedly. After the kicker, dude. Single handedly, the Giants, 20 to 19, lost that game, missed field goal. Correct. The Lions, 
30 to 27. Yeah, agreed. Came back, but missed a field goal that game. So there's a lot to say about these field goal kicks in and 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 peak performers as a field goal kicker, wouldn't you say? I mean, how do you feel about your kicker? Is he winning you games or is he losing you games? Or do you not know who he is? Because I'd rather not know who that guy is. Oh, we have Greg the leg, bro. We have Greg the leg in Dallas. And first of all, we are not nearly in a competitive enough football game to have our kicker decided, bro. <laughs> By the fourth quarter, Greg the Leg is on the sideline like that um English kicker in the replacements, smoking a goddamn cigarette, drinking a tall boy, bro. We're it's good. Like, it's 40 we're, to we're 16, bro. Everyone relax. Greg, okay? Greg go, go kick it. It's 40 to 16. We'll make it 40 to 19. I got plus 28 and a half. But, yeah, but anyone, anyone that says anyone that says that Alex Smith got all the yards and all those points in garbage time, yes, maybe the first quarter, maybe the third quarter. But when you're in, in contention in the fourth quarter, don't say it's garbage time. He was doing his thing. I believe in Alex Smith. I don't know if he's the answer, but he's my quarterback for the rest of 2020 season. Wouldn't you say, B? Wouldn't you say he should be the quarterback? Just yes, curious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. No, do, what do am I going to be like? Oh no, no, no! You guys lost to Detroit. You need to put Dwayne Haskins back in. Exactly. I mean, exactly. if there is a way, like if somehow you can supplementally draft um, Zach Wilson from BYU and start him next week and just get yeah. a kickstart on the 2021 season, oh, yeah, go sure. ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and yeah, do that. Yeah. But that's not how it works, unfortunately. So yes, you're going to ride out with Alex Smith. And to defend you guys a little bit, I feel like. Part of your, and I'm saying this in quotations for you guys who can't see this, part of your running game is actually the short passing game to J.D. McKissick. Yeah, I see so that. It's like it, I don't think you guys gave up on the run as much as you think. I think that because every time McKissick catches the ball, he goes for four or five yards. So it's yeah. pretty much a glorified handoff that Alex Smith just stretches five yards down the field. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. But it's but a yeah. loss for you guys. It's an L. So I think. It's a, it's a L. So hold that L. Like you're only game and a half out, one game in the win column. So you're still alive in the East. Uh, let's. You, you want to stick on Washington and uh, look forward to you guys playing uh, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, the number one pick in the draft as you uh, play the Cincinnati Bengals this week. I'd love to hear your take on this one. I really do. I want to know that, sure. what your take is and what the score of this game is. It's going to sound a lot like my take last week, Bubba, where I told you that you were going to lose a competitive game <laughs> to the Detroit Lions. That's what's going to happen again. I don't think you guys are a bad team. I think you're um, going up against another bad team in the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but much like um, Detroit had an advantage at quarterback over you, despite your um, piss poor words against Mr. Stafford, the Cincinnati Bengals have an advantage at quarterback against you because Joe Burrow is uh, playing at. I wouldn't say that. I'm going to. Okay. No, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. Okay. The microphone's in my hands right now. You guys are going to have problems with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has played at, I would say, an elite level for a rookie, not an elite level of quarterback play overall. His game has transitioned very well to the NFL. I was a little worried because the LSU, dude, that was an all-star team. What they have, seven oh, yeah. or eight first-round picks. The guy's thrown to Justin Jefferson, who's taking the league by storm. We're going to talk about him later because my Cowboys are about to get burnt by him. Throwing to Jamar Chase. Um, Randy Moss's kid handing off to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like the team was just so stacked. I was a little worried. Now he's going up against Baltimore twice a year, Pittsburgh twice a year. Dude, and the kid has played very, very well. He's very efficient. Um, he's an accurate thrower. The football doesn't have the strongest arm, but he distributes the ball well. 
I'm a big fan of T. Higgins, their second-round pick out of Clemson. He's a jump ball waiting to happen. So your boy Kendall Fuller, who leads the league in interceptions, is going to have his hands full. Um, I'm a big fan of... Do You do realize uh, the Bengals are 2-6, and six, right? I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, you guys are two and right, seven. I just want to so, make sure that you know. Okay. I, I just, I want to. I just want to make sure that you know they have a better win percentage than you. Okay, <laughs> that's what I want to make sure about. Funny guy. <laughs> I'm not saying the Bengals are that great, bro, but they play in a hell of a division. Unlike you, you play against trash teams. <laughs> yeah, like against- you, bro, like you. Yeah. We're not talking about me right now. The Cowboys are on a bye week. Leave me alone. <laughs> Listen. They play against good teams. Cleveland Browns have a hell of a defense. Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, those are good defenses Joe Burrow's facing two times every year. Cincinnati's got a hell of a schedule this year, man. I know they only got a couple of wins, but guess what? They beat the Tennessee Titans a couple weeks ago. Do you think your team is as good as the Tennessee Titans? No. Uh. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> you're, not, you're not as good as the Tennessee Titans. So obviously if Joe Burrow can beat them, he can beat you. Um, Joe Mixon is um, looking doubtful this game. I do not believe he's going to play. That's a huge loss for Cincinnati. But they he's do have Gio. Every game, dude. Okay. Yes, Joe Mixon is very injury prone, and he hits the ladies. I do not condone of that, Joe Mixon. No hitting but, ladies. No. But Giovanni Bernard is an absolutely capable backup. Very dangerous out of the backfield catching the ball, so I hope that your boy Cole Holcomb or whoever else, whatever linebacker is going to be lined up on him, be ready for Giovanni Bernard to come out of the backfield. He's got a little J.D. McKissick in his game, a little bit of wiggle. He's going to catch the ball. Um, I enjoy the Bengals... Actually, there's not much else I enjoy on the Bengals yeah, other than no, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. And, and, and so what's the score? Just tell me the score. I'm not done yet. Game. Their defense right, is very, right, very right, bad. Right. No, that, 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 I, got, well, I, got, I got one more. Their defense is very bad. I got one more uh, blurb for you guys. Um, they're so thin at corner that this week at practice, they've been trying out John Ross. John Ross is famous for running Super. at 4-2, 140. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying him at corner. So it's wow. not good, bro. So I'm, I'm sure that Scary Terry um, and those guys, the Sims boys, Cam's Logan Sims, Thomas yeah. has been playing very well lately. So I expect the Washington offense to look a lot like they did in the second half against Detroit. So I think that the Washington offense puts up a similar performance as last week, and the Cincinnati Bengals will mirror the performance of Detroit. I've got Cincinnati 27-24. Let's go, Joe. So I, I think this is absolutely the most deciding game of the entire year for the Washington football team. Ooh, a lot of pressure putting on there. Because the Bengals are beatable. Let's be real. Yeah, they, they're very beatable. Two and six. You know, they they've you know, they've put up double digit points against the Jaguars, Philly. They lost to the Ravens 25 to 3. Like they're not a fantastic team. Yeah, they beat the Titans. Okay. It's a very I, impressive victory. Very impressive victory, yes. They're rushing offense. They don't have I, Joe I don't, Mixon. They're on backup running backs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think that the Redskins, Washington football team, start hot the first half. We are known the entire year now to start in the second half and give up mass amount of points like we get against the Detroit Lions. We're, we're, we're on our heels. If we just get gunning and running, Joe Burrow, young guy, Chase Young, young guy. Do you think Chase Young is going to get his hands on Ooh, Joe B? I, I think it's a, it's the number one overall pick versus the number two overall pick. Yes, bro. Very cool. Yeah. Wow, I like that. I like yes. that. So I think Chase is going to get his hands on Joe a couple times. I know Joe likes to escape the pocket, but if long as we bring the pressure 
early. Make him nervous. He's going to throw a pick or two. He's still young. I love Joe B. I wish he was my quarterback. But I don't know if he has had substantial pressure other than the Ravens when he only scored three points. What do you mean, bro? He played Pittsburgh. He's played Cleveland and Miles Garrett. What do you mean, doesn't he? Cleveland. Oh, my God. God, who do you have on your team that's better than Miles Garrett? All I'm saying is I think that the Redskins are going to bring the most pressure he's seen. I think that the Washington football team is going to sack him more than any other team this entire year. I believe we get at least three to four sacks. Kendall Fuller gets a pick. We win this game. Antonio Gibson scores. Alex Smith has a 50 to 60 yard deep ball to Terry McLaurin. We win this game 27 to 20 Washington football team. I do think that um, Terry. I mean, Terry shows up every week. I, I, somebody on Pro Football Focus said this week that Terry McLaurin's a bona fide top seven to eight receiver in this league, and I think that's a pretty good place to rank him at this point. I think, I think eight. I, I would five. go. That might be a homer. I don't know. Top five, bro. We're watching DeAndre Hopkins right now. You think he's in DeAndre Hopkins level? Do you think he's? You top think five. he's better? I'm saying he's number five. I'm saying he's number five. I'm saying he's he number better five. than. D- We're watching DK Metcalf as well. Is he better than DK Metcalf? I think he is. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Route running capabilities. DK Metcalf gets covered. He just is bodies people. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'll still take DK. I'll take Tyler Lockett too. Shit. You, you got that. He'd be probably the third best receiver on Seattle. But that's just me being mean. And I'm done being mean to you. I was mean to you enough earlier. Yards after catch, number one in the league. Sorry. Go ahead, B. Actually, number one in the league at yards <laughs> after catch is Alvin Kamara on the no. Saints. Yeah, he is. Look it up. Number no, one in the league at far as. No, he's not. Oh, I okay. saw it last week. I saw it last week. Should, should we make it horrible for listeners and no. make me Google this? <laughs> no, not listen, right now. Bro. Let's go. Stop. Let's listen, go. dude. I'm not very smart at a lot of things. I know this shit. Number one in the league at yards after catch is Alvin Kamara. Terry McLaurin. Okay. Yeah, Terry McLaurin's number one Alvin, wide receiver. Alvin is not a receiver, dude. Let's be real so, here. Okay? He's a running back. Right? So you said in the league. Receiver, yards after catch. Who is it? Please tell me. That would be scary Terry McLaurin, <laughs> Washington football team, number 17. I'm not going to hate on Terry. All right, and I'm all not right, going to hate right. on the Redskins anymore. Let's move on to another AFC North team that's playing our division. That would be the Cleveland Browns going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a tough matchup for Philadelphia, man, coming off of a hard loss against the Giants. Cubs Cleveland back too. Team, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and Chubb looked great last week in his return. Chubb looked very, very good. It seamlessly fit back into the offense. I would say right now, him and Kareem Hunt are the best one-two um, punch in the uh, one-two punch in the league as far as running backs. Mm-hmm. They both had very, very good games last week. Cleveland played in some terrible weather against Houston last week. They ended up winning that game. I believe it was ten to six, maybe even ten to three. But it was um, the game got delayed for lightning. It was very, very scary out there. They, had the, they got the players off the field and everything. But Cleveland's defense is serious, dude. Um, we went back and forth all year talking about Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald. They're 1-2 in the league, pacing the league in sacks. That's going to be a problem for you, Carson. Miles Garrett's coming for you. And the rest of Cleveland's defense is stout as well. They run the ball. I mean, Baker Mayfield was a number one pick, but the less that they put the ball into Baker Mayfield's hands, the better that they are. They're a they're a physical running football team. The loss of Odell Beckham is not that detrimental to their success. They still have a, a decent enough weapons. They got two good tight ends with Austin Hooper and Joku. Um, they got Higgins, who is a decent number two receiver now, and I guess their de facto number one is uh, Jarvis Juice Landry. Um, and and they have a, a rookie from Michigan, Donovan Peoples Jones. 
Um, he's, he's a playmaker I like. Still a little raw, but he's going to be good. So they have enough weapons on offense, and they're, I think their defense defensive line is serious. So I, I don't see uh, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott having the success that they had last week against the Giants. So I think Philadelphia's run game gets bottled up a little bit against Cleveland. And without that run game, dude, that's where Carson Wentz is going to have to throw the ball. Where last week he really didn't have to, and he still lost. This week, Carson, you're going to have to throw the ball, and you are going to walk it to him, Wentz. That's my new nickname for him. I dropped Mr. Glass. Now he's walking to him once. Is that is that new? How, uh, where'd you get that from? Did you just like top the top? I right? stole it from Skip and Shannon. I mean, if you really want to call me out. Okay. Copy right. it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, walk it to him once. I like it. So I think Carson's going to walk it to him a few times. I see a few turnovers in this game, and that's the key for Cleveland's victory. I think that it's going to be a tight competitive game because Philadelphia still knows that they're in first place and – I think they, they could probably lose this game and still be in first place. So they're they're going to play. They're going to play to. They're going to play to win the game, but they will not. Cleveland Browns will win. Final score: twenty six to twenty. How do you see it going? You know, I just think that we're on the same page here, and how much we want the Philadelphia Eagles to lose this game. Let's be real. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, do I want them to lose? I mean, yeah, I always want them to lose. Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I know. I mean, I feel like I'm still in contention for the... Do you feel like you're still in contention? I'm just curious. No, no Cowboys aren't in contention. No. Okay. We're in contention for the number two overall draft pick. But yeah, no, we're not in contention for the division. Interesting. Anyways, um, but yeah, I still... I, I definitely want the Eagles to lose. And it, it is tough for me to take the Eagles in this game. And I won't. Um, I don't think they have. I, mean, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Car. I, I. I. I don't. I'm not as hard on Carson as B. Wills is. I'll be honest with you. I still think he's a good quarterback. I think he's he's a proven quarterback. I don't know about the ideology that Danny Dimes is is better than than Carson Wentz just yet. I think that was one game, but I will say that Carson. I don't know if I can believe in you this year. Um, I don't know if he's having a very bad year. He's having a bad year. And I just don't know if he has that locker room. I don't know if he has the receivers. Hopefully Alshon shows up next week. And I really don't know what I'm going to see out of Alshon Jeffrey the rest of his career. So I think Alshon's best days are behind him, dog. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And the fact that the Browns defense and their defensive line is so strong against the pass and the fact that they have that tandem and Kareem Hunt and Chubb, I don't know if the Eagles can stop them and control the clock like they should do. You know, like they have been doing these last. Their defensive few years. line is big time. No, no, Philadelphia's going to come out and play, bro. Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, those guys are going to come out and play. You don't think they're going to get at least 120 yards rushing the Browns, though? I mean, with, oh, with yeah. Kareem oh, no. and, and oh, Nick Chubb, they're still going to do their they, thing. I, yeah. No, but, but no, Philadelphia's going to make it a hard 120. I don't think they're going to churn out uh, big games like they did last week. But yeah, so I see, I see this game being a super slow game. I don't think Baker kills yeah. it. I don't see it. I see it being ugly. I see it being maybe a, a 13 to 17 game, and I'm going to give it to the Browns. Okay. One last note before, before we hop to my Dallas Cowboys. I don't just think it's been a bad year for Carson Wentz. If we really dig a little bit deeper, ever since he had that, you know, quote unquote MVP season when he got hurt and Nick Foles ended up winning the Super Bowl for them, that offseason, they lost um, Filippo and then Frank Reich, who is now the Indianapolis Colts head coach. Ever since those guys have left the building, Carson Wentz has not been the same man. 
and I don't see it getting any better. I I think he's still an NFL starting quarterback, but like I said, dude, I I think that that year he had a couple years ago was an anomaly, and I just think that going forward, this is the Carson Wentz we're going to see week in and week out. You heard it but first. I Carson. could be wrong. Yeah, well, I could be wrong. But let's finish up our Week Eleven preview with the Minnesota Vikings and. Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys coming off of a bye week. Vikings on a three-game winning streak. Very yeah. impressive. Started off one and five. They're now four and five. And because the NFL expanded the playoffs because of a COVID season, there's a seventh seed now a wild card. Vikings are battling, man. They're battling right in there. Um, I watched their game on Monday night against the Bears. It was U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi, bro. That shit was ugly. Um, Dalvin Cook. I think he had like three yards of carry or something, but the Bears defense is serious. Akeem Hicks and uh, Khalil Mack and company, those boys are big time. So, I mean, they knew what Dalvin was going to do, and they shut him down. They absolutely shut him down. Dalvin Cook was on an absolute tear. Guy had like over 200 total yards on back-to-back weeks, which is unheard of. Dalvin Cook's pissed up. I mean, he's an MVP candidate. So... The Dallas Cowboys do not have the defensive line of. (laughs) (laughs) We're one of the worst teams against the run, but we've gotten a lot better, man. The past two games against Philadelphia and against Pittsburgh before our bye week, we held Pittsburgh to 40 yards rushing. We shit on James Conner, but this is a different kind of running back that we're going to see. Dalvin Cook, I mean, he might be the best running back in the league. Obviously, Zeke is having a horrible year. Saquon is you heard out. It, you heard it, CT. You heard it if you listen. Christian, Christian McCaffrey is banged up. I think Dalvin's probably the best running back in the league right now. So he's going to be problems for us. But what I think that Lord we're going Henry, to. Bro? Lord Henry? King Henry? King Henry is 1B. No, uh-huh. I'll, take Dal- I'll take Dalvin over Derek right now. Okay. Right. I will take Dalvin over Derek. Right. But it's close. Derek Henry is definitely in the conversation. I think we're going to hold Dalvin, I'll say hold hold him to 120 total yards. I don't think he's going to just absolutely torch us. 120 total yards. I'll say 95 yards rushing and 25 yards receiving. I think the real problem for us, and this guy just sends, whoo, shivers up my spine, is the Kirk number Cousins. one. No, not. You like that? <laughs> no, I don't like that, Kirk. And congratulations, though, for Kirk Cousins for getting his first career it's win on Monday Night Football. Dude, I was so over him years. losing every Monday. Oh, I know night, you were. No, I know you don't miss him. Um, but I was going to say Justin Jefferson. Guy has a 90 overall grade, the highest graded rookie. Dude, there were, he was like the fourth or fifth receiver taken in this draft. Obviously, my boy C.D. Lamb was taken ahead of him, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. But he's been the best, man. He's nasty. Like he like they lost Stefan Diggs, who's leading the league in receiving uh, over in Buffalo. Yep. But Jeff, dude, Jefferson has picked up. Like they still got Thielen. Thielen scored two touchdowns on Monday night against the Bears. Dude, but Jefferson is scary. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is out. We are getting Chidobe Awuzie back. Not that that's a big huge help. pickup. Huge pickup, by the way. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know who's going to be guarding Jefferson. If it's going to be Cheeto, um, if it's going to be Anthony Brown. Um, but it's it's not going to be good. I see Justin Jefferson tearing us up. But I do think that the defense is going to hold in there. I said they're hang in there, I should say. Um, contain Dalvin. Let him get 100, 120 yards. Jefferson beats us over the top a time or two. I think we contain Adam Thielen. But overall, I think the defense plays much better than people expect, just like they played much better than people expect against Pittsburgh. 
They're not going to rush for 300 yards like Cleveland did against us. And as we said earlier, the Red Rocket is back in Big D. Andy Dalton's going to be under center. And I think Andy is going to come back with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He saw Garrett Gilbert almost beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there was talk that there was an open competition for quarterback. Um, and I guess Andy won it by default just because his hair is awesome. But regardless of the reason that he's the starting quarterback, I think he's going to play well. Um, I think our best running back, uh, Tony Pollard, <laughs> is going to have a good game. And maybe that bum Ezekiel Elliott can have his first. And yes, folks, I said it, his first 100-yard rushing game of the season. That's so, so sad to me as zero 100-yard games. But I think our running game um, in between uh, Tony Pollard and Zeke is going to play well. And the Vikings, dude, they're about as thin as secondary as Cincinnati. Their secondary is not good, bro. They're starting Jeff Gladney, a rookie out of UCF. That guy gets burnt out as much as Trayvon Diggs did before he went down, bro. So I'm expecting big things from our trio of wide receivers. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done calling who's going to do it because it's pick your poison. But it's going to be CD. It's going to be Amari. It's going to be Gallup. It may be um, George Van Riper, a.k.a. Dalton Schultz. Not sure who's going to do it, but someone is going to beat them downfield several times. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to pull off an upset. And we are going to stop the third. Why is that funny? Why are you laughing? That wasn't a joke. This is a prediction. I'm not going to say something stupid like we're handily going to beat them. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. All right. We're going to squeak out a win 23 to 20. Stop laughing. How do you think this game goes? I don't want to talk too much. We're already getting late in this pot. It's 40 minutes in. However, I will say the Vikings are going to win this game. Pretty handedly, <laughs> I'd like to I say. I hate you. <laughs> I do see Dalton coming off a of bye week. He's probably going to do his his. Uh, you know, he's going to study. He's going to watch a lot of film. I don't think, you know, the Marcus Mask Lawrence is going to get much pressure on Kirk Cousins. I- hey, hold on, hold on. Do I saw Pro Football Focus gave out their their midseason grade last week? I took the ski mask off to Marcus. I officially threw it out. Behind Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, Demarcus Lawrence has the third highest grade of any edge rusher. So you have some respect on my name. Anyways, I see the Vikings winning this game 34 to 27. I think they're both gonna it's good, it's gonna be a high scoring game. Both defenses aren't the greatest. I don't know if Demarcus Lawrence is third in pro football focus, but I also think Kirk Cousins is still gonna get the ball off. He's usually a guy that gets the ball off within three seconds. He gets it to his slight guys like Thielen. Um, what's the new guy's name? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. I'm going to be looking out for him. I don't, I don't know much about him, but I'm going to look out for him. Dude, but yeah. First round pick out LSU, bro. He scored four touchdowns in the national championship game last year against Clemson. So do your homework. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, what do we got? I think, don't we have a, don't we have a, um, a very Mike? special guest. Yeah. Yes. My, my cousin, Jason, um, sent us a memo all the way from Chi-Town. And th- dude, this guy, bro, he's more than my cousin. Um, you know that I'm an only child, but growing up in the Shy, bro, this guy was my big brother. So um, I really, really meant a lot to get my family involved in this. Shout out to my cousin Jason, his lovely wife, Mora, and his three beautiful daughters, Sophie, Maggie, and Charlotte. But Jay's a big Vikings fan, and he wanted to share his thoughts. Here we go. My prediction for this week's matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and Dallas Cowboys will be that the Minnesota Vikings will beat the Cowboys by at least two touchdowns. Ouch. Minnesota has the fifth-ranked rushing offense and an MVP candidate in Delvin Cook. 
Mm. Even though Cook had a bad week last week, he still ran for 96 yards versus the Bears defense. That is really good against the run, and they were expecting the run. The Cowboys' run defense ranks 31st in the league. And Yikes. Seven yards per game. Couple that what? with the Cowboys still having to start a backup QB. The Vikings are red hot right now, but the Cowboys still have something to play for since they are only one game back in the win column from the Eagles and Giants. The Cowboys can win, but I think that it will take Minnesota overlooking this matchup for them to win. AKA a miracle. Is Vikings <laughs> 31, Cowboys 14. Whew. Ouch. So he is picking the Vikings to win dominantly and cover the spread. And speaking of spreads, as always, we got to end it with our boy Jay Luds, who, like I said earlier, he was 2-0 last week. He's back on the winning side. Let's see how he sees the three NFC East games going this week. Jay Luds, where you at? Week 11, NFC East Beast. It's your boy, Jay Luds. I'm back. I got three games on the docket for you uh, (laughs) NFC East Feasters. Uh, Hopefully you guys have been sticking with me this year. I am now 14 and 12, so I'm above the 500 mark. Uh, Did well last week. I went 2-0. So like I said, we got three games this week. I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings are minus seven. So the Vikings are at home. They're also on a three-game winning streak. Um, Cowboys ranked 28th against the run, and you know Dalvin Cook's foaming at the mouth this week to get after it. <laughs> um, Minnesota's trying to keep their playoffs hopes alive, and that's pretty much where I'm going. I'm going to go Minnesota minus seven. Ooh. I'm going 30-17 Vikings. Ooh. Damn, dude. I was – okay, all right. Obviously, I'm a little overconfident saying the Cowboys are going to win, but I really, really think Cowboys plus seven is a good bet this week. But my cousin and Jay Luds, probably and you, are all telling me I'm a moron. So let's 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 go onward. Next game on the docket, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns are minus three and a half. So I think Cleveland's defense is weak. Uh, they're wow. not capable of holding the lead. I agree. I'm still not a huge Baker Mayfield fan. A lot of you guys are. Uh, I think this game is close as long as Wentz remains calm in the pocket and he doesn't get, you know, frazzled and throw. When does Carson Wentz remain calm in the pocket? (laughs) Please tell me that. Picks like he has been all year. I think um, he could pick that defense apart. So I'm taking Philly plus three and a half. I'm going 24-21 Eagles. Wow. Last game on the docket this week, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Washington Redskins. Or I shouldn't say Redskins. I- racist! Oh, That's so racist, Words. You didn't know the NFC East Feast is woke. Dude, we do not accept Col- that kind of intolerance. Cancel, cancel Col- him. Dude, cancel him. <laughs> Our favorite minus one and a half. So both of these teams are hard teams to trust. Um, Burrow plays well enough to cover the spread, I feel like, and outright win the game. That's really all I got to say on this game. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I think Cincinnati Bengals win this game 26-20. I'm taking them plus one and a half. So take my picks this week. I hope you guys do well, and I'll talk to you next week. So Luds has the Bengals plus one and a half. He's got Cleveland 
plus, oh, excuse me, Philadelphia plus three and a half, and he's swallowing the Vikings minus seven. So we'll see if Ludd stays on the winning side of things. And we will see you guys with a very special edition, Thanksgiving Day edition of the NFC East Feast next week because, of course, the Cowboys and the Washington football team play on Thanksgiving. And that is a huge tradition for me and George and his family. So very excited to drop something special for y'all. And we appreciate you guys listening as always. George, I love you, buddy. And I love all of you listening. Gang, gang. Gang.